a revolutionary baby monitor is born. I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Massimo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Massimo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Massimo Signal Extraction Technology, or SET to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News & World Report, uses Massimo SET as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now, this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. Go to Massimo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Mosmo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies. And today we're going to talk about peanut balls. And you might be thinking, well, what is a peanut ball? Well, you're going to learn all about it. You're going to learn what they are, how to size them, what's right for your body, the different positions. Most of all, you're going to learn there's data behind using a peanut ball shortens labors and reduces your chance of having a cesarean birth. And it's from this inflatable ball. So to talk about the peanut ball, I have the peanut ball lady, Sherry Grant. She has so many initials after her name. I'm going to have to just bypass that and give you more of the the words about that. So she is known, as I mentioned, as the peanut ball lady. She's the founder, chief contributor, and inspiration for Premier Birth Tools. And she wants to make sure that everyone understands how to use the peanut ball correctly as one size does not fit all. For over 45 years, she has served pregnant people as a labor and delivery nurse, a childbirth educator, a lactation consultant, a national speaker, an author, doula, and doula trainer. This lady has been doing work for years. She has attended over 2,000 births, so she knows what she's talking about. So stay tuned, listen to that conversation because she really, she's delightful, she's energetic, she's just uh, filled with knowledge. I really enjoyed that conversation. Before we get to that, I'm excited to announce that our scholarship, our BIPOC scholarship, scholarship for our teacher training is available. We have three spots available for the November and December teacher training. The due date for those applications is September, I believe it's September 5th or September 6th. I think it's September 5th. So get your applications in if you're interested in that. We have but eight spots left for that teacher training. So if you want one of them, grab them. Uh, It's our 85-hour online teacher training. Normally, Caprice and I travel around the country and do this, but the country's not really wanting us to travel around because of COVID right now. So we're taking it online and we're just going to continue doing all this online. Also online, we have all of our workshops. We have our daily prenatal yoga classes. We've got baby and me and postnatal. And I actually just was, I like to think data, not drama. That's kind of my mantra. Um, and I like, I'm very science-based that way. And I was looking at 
the waivers and the the registration that's been coming in. And I just checked back about a week, just see this kind of a snapshot of the week. And we actually have twice as many people joining our community from outside of New York than are from inside of New York, which just shows that our community is growing. We have busted beyond the brick and mortar and we are really welcoming and supporting so many new and expectant parents. And I find that exciting. And I want to thank you for being part of our community. It's really, it's just so wonderful knowing that we're banding together and supporting people. What else? I think that's pretty much it. If you haven't already, please leave a rating and review from wherever you listen to this. It helps people find us. And again, we have just a ton of online stuff from our teacher training to our smaller courses, to our workshops, to our classes. All right, that's enough of me. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, please enjoy my conversation with Sherry. A revolutionary baby monitor is born. I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Massimo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Massimo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Massimo's Signal Extraction Technology, or SET to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News & World Report, uses Massimo SET as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. Go to Massimo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Mosmo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Hi, Sherry. How are you? Oh, just fine. I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you. I have loved the the tool, the peanut ball, for quite a while as a labor support doula and a childbirth educator. I'm always recommending it. And I've had my students say, can you explain more about it? And I said, well, I could, but let me do a podcast about it. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> So, well, that's so exciting. Yeah, it's a, it's such a great tool. So let's dive into that. But before we get into all that great information about what is a peanut ball, how does it help with labor, let's just learn a little bit about you. So if you don't mind just telling me a little bit about yourself, how you got into birth work, and then how did you end up getting known as the peanut ball lady? That's quite the title. <laughs> right. Well, I actually, I started helping women uh, in labor uh, back 50 years ago, oh, wow. I was a candy striper back before they let dads in delivery rooms. So I was working in a small little, t- I was going to school in a small town. We only had about like 10 or 12 deliveries a month. And as a candy striper, I would actually go in and hold a woman's hand during labor and rub their backs. And then I would go out every hour or two and tell the dad how things were going on, which makes me feel so sad now. Yeah. But, you know, that's the way it was then. And uh, I could, I had a pager. They would page me out of school. <laughs> I was only 10 or 11 years old. And oh, wow. um, every, every time somebody went to labor, you know, it could be a couple hours or 36 hours. I'd stay the whole time until she had that baby. So um, anyway, I started out as a doula, as a candy striper. And then I became a uh, ICA childbirth educator, a lactation consultant. I worked in a birthing center. I became a birth doula, a birth doula trainer through Dona, and my certification as a trainer is number two. Penny Simpkin is number one. Oh wow! And so in the 
Yeah. So in 50 years, I've helped deliver 2,786 babies in the span of my career. It's kind of my passion. Clearly. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. So I got to be known as a peanut ball lady in, um, because I really, as a labor and delivery nurse and doula and childbirth educator, we, we've been using peanut balls for a while. In fact, in 1985, it's the first time that I used a peanut ball. But people just sat on it, straddled it. Mm-hmm. And then in 2000, we kind of knew we could, you know, maybe put it between your legs. And we found out how that kind of came about was that we were putting pillows mm-hmm. um, between your legs, and they would slide out. And we had a physical therapy department next to our department. I went over there and got a peanut ball, put it there, and, oh, it's so much better. So that's kind of how we got started there. But most of the literature everybody was using was just putting the peanut ball between their legs on their side, and that was it. So as a you know, doula and a labor delivery nurse um, working with clients, I found there were other positions. So in 2014, the Lamaze um, and Dona asked me to speak nationally about peanut balls, and that's where I actually introduced all the new seven positions. Of peanut balls, and after my presentation, Childbirth Graphics was there, and they actually said that Cherry Grant, the peanut ball lady, <laughs> and they kind of put that on their page, put it on Facebook, and you know called me that, and that's how I got that name is the peanut ball lady, and I actually have a Facebook page that says peanut ball lady. That's hilarious. So, that's <laughs> how, it, how it got there, and I've just learned so much more. Of course, now we have 65 positions with a peanut ball. Oh, wow. Well, we'll dive into some of that, but I guess we're talking about peanut ball, peanut ball, but some people might not even know what that is. So can you describe what a peanut ball is? Yes. It's an inflatable ball that looks like, it looks kind of like the round ball that we use for birthing balls to sit on, but this was in the shape of a peanut. So it's, it's a different shape and it's placed, like I said, between the legs of the women, you know, usually uh, when they're labor, they can use it with an epidural or without an epidural. And it really promotes the progress of opening that pelvis. It's really a non-medical um, intervention confirmation. It's a fantastic, yeah. I describe it to people like yeah. there's two bulbous ends and then kind of a dip in the middle. Um, so if they're like, yeah. what does a peanut look like? <laughs> yeah. And that dip can be so like, we can put the knee there, we can put the leg there. It's just, it's so useful. So let's talk about why and how it's useful as a tool. Like how does it actually help labor? Okay. So first of all, it really opens up the pelvis wider um, during labor, we the pillows just didn't do that. Or if you put their leg up and stirrups, it really just opens up those sit bones so that you know that baby can really descend and do a lot um, better when it comes down. And we found out that, like, when we put that peanut ball between their, if we just do the sideline position and put the peanut ball between the legs, that pregnant moms having their first babies. Wow, their deliveries went so much faster and easier. Like, I remember when I first used the peanut ball, we would see somebody at five centimeters go from five centimeters to 10 centimeters in like 28 minutes. It was just fantastic. It promotes um, and opens that pelvis so much wider so baby can then turn and get through the pelvis quicker. And because it opens that outlet so much easier. 
Yeah. Can you just, so the, for me as a childbirth educator, I'm like, you're speaking my language. I totally understand descend and rotate. But for the person that is pregnant for the first time and they're like, what happens? Like, what does it do? Can you describe a little bit more about why it's important to open the inlet and the outlet and the descent and making space? Okay. So when you're thinking about it, it really just makes that, um, the different parts of the pelvis to open wider for that baby to come down. So in other words, um, to get that baby in better fetal position, mm-hmm. I, I guess what I'm saying is that you have to think about where is your baby in your pelvis. So if your baby's up high and it's like underneath your ribs and you're like, you can't even hardly take a breath because it's, and it hasn't really dropped yet, then that means that that pelvis right there, the top of the pelvis, we kind of kind of call it the bowl right there, the baby's up high and hasn't dropped down in there. So we need to get the baby down in that pelvis better. So when you do that, we call it stations. In other words, if the baby's up really high, like it's a minus three or minus two, it's not in the pelvis really well. So that's called above the inlet. And, uh, that really kind of helps that baby to get down into the pelvis. So there's a certain position we use for the peanut ball to actually get that baby down in the, in the pelvis better. So it will really help to descend or let that baby drop, I guess is what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. is it helps that baby drop and get down into the pelvis. Can you and then dis- for it to go through the pelvis. Can you describe, is this something that people, when they're at home, before they're heading to their place of birth, that they should be doing before labor, at the very early stages of labor, and what does that position look like? Yes. So we don't really want to do this until you're in labor. So in other words, don't do it when you're really early, early. We don't preterm. We want you to be actually in labor when you're using the peanut ball. So above the end, let's talk about that position first. Mm-hmm. So when the baby's really high and trying to get in, and your midwife or your doctor may say, baby's really high, minus three, minus two station, or it hasn't dropped and you haven't got, you know, really gotten in labor really good. We use what we call the flying cowgirl position. And Gail Tooley actually did that one. Her and I were at a convention. We were coming up with some names for these different positions. And the reason we call this the flying cowgirl is because when you're laying on your side and you put the peanut ball there, it looks like you're kind of riding a Bronco. <laughs> and because I'm from Oklahoma... <laughs> Gail's like, let's call this a flying cowgirl. <laughs> and so that's name. That's how the name actually came. So when you're doing that one, a baby's above the inlet. If you're sitting in your chair, and so moms that are listening, new moms, I want you to put your feet um, and your knees. What I want you to do is point them outward. So put your heels together. Your feet are turned outward. Your knees are turned outward. This is called external rotation of the hips. And it's kind of like a if you do a, a little plie, um, a little first position. Plie, yeah, for the ballet, it's the same. It's the same position. So that's the position in what you want to be when you're laying on the peanut ball. So if you're on the peanut ball on your side, that's how you're actually going to put your legs there, and that will allow that baby to drop, come down into the pelvis if you actually do that. Now, once the baby's come through that, and you're going what we call a zero station in the middle of the pelvis. And this helps the baby go through the pelvis, like when you're about a zero station. Then you're going to lay on your side, 
and it's called sideline parallel position. So put your feet now where they're straight. Your knees are straight ahead, pointing straight ahead, and you're just sitting straight in your chair. So now you're at a neutral parallel you know, internal rotation, and your feet are and your feet's just straight. So you put the peanut ball between there, and you maybe will lay on your side to the right for 20 minutes, and then you turn to the left for 20 minutes. So it's kind of like windshield wipers. Mm-hmm. You're just going to rotate back and forth on either side. And then when the baby drops down into the plus one station, we're going to do what we call knee to knee, and that's to get that baby out. So. Um, that makes more room in the pelvis outlet from side-to-side position, and you put your knees together, and that uh, helps the pelvic outlet across the more narrow part of the uh, oval. So now we're going to put, sit in your chair, put your knees together, your toes together, okay? And when you do that, if you actually put your hands underneath um, on your bottom in your seated chair and put it straight, and then put your knees together, you can feel your sits bones open up a little bit more so you can see where it gives more widening of that. So it's knee-to-knee, toes-to-toes, and your heels are out. And that is internal rotation of the hips. And, you know, your knees are pointing together. And um, if you're on your side and you put your knees together, I always have you put a little towel between your knees, and that will help with that. So that's kind of the three main positions, depending on where the baby is in the relation to the pelvis. I love that you went through that. So the we teach that in um, in our prenatal yoga classes um, about the toes out. It's the inlet that's open, neutral, and then internally rotated. The sit bones wide, and it's the outlet that's open. And so it's exciting to hear you talk about this because all the students that take yoga classes, prenatal yoga classes at prenatal yoga center, you are already singing their language. They're like, "Yep, we know. If we're birthing, we want to squat. We want our toes forward. We don't want our toes out." So it's really exciting that we're really communicating communicating similar information because I think the more people hear it in different ways, it can sink in deeper. And then there's also familiarity with it. So I just want to say I'm so happy that we're really on the same page with this. Oh, that makes me so excited because, you know, yoga is so wonderful to use in labor. It's just I just love it when people come in and use the different positions. But if you sometimes if you get an epidural, it's hard to use, do those uh, poses. And yeah. so a peanut ball can really help to facilitate that. Absolutely. All right, we're going to yeah. take a super quick break. When we come back, I actually remember reading, there's some data about this. I love, <laughs> I'm not a scientist, but I feel like I should have been. I love when there's data. So when we come back, let's talk about some of the data supporting the use of a peanut ball to shorten labor. Okay, we'll be right back. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so will you dive into some of that information about the data that supports the idea that using a peanut ball can shorten labor? Yes. So there was the very first um, article that came out was in the Journal of Perinatal Education by Tussie in 2015. And it was reducing the length of labor and cesarean surgery rate by using a peanut ball. Now, Tussie randomly assigned, uh, assigned women in labor um, who had an epidural. So she only used this study with only with people with epidurals, although you can use a peanut ball with or without an epidural. So with this study, it was just with epidurals. You came in and you got a little card that says, use a peanut ball or not use a peanut ball. Huh. And the study was actually done in 2009, 2010, but it was reported in 2015. This labor delivery unit had 20 patient rooms, and there was a one nurse to two patient ratio. They had a 68% epidural rate and a 32.5 C-section rate uh, when the study they did it in the United States. So the peanut ball was placed between the legs immediately after they laid down and got the epidural. So they only did one position, just laying down, putting the peanut ball between her legs, and um, then they repositioned them every hour side to side is what they did. And then when they started to push, they took the peanut ball out. Now, there was 100 women in the group with the peanut ball, 100 women without the peanut ball is how they did it. But they showed that the stage of labor, the first stage of labor, was decreased by 29 minutes. And the second stage was shortened by 11 minutes. And there was no neonatal or maternal outcomes that, you know, significant. There was nothing uh, that they had any problems with it. They did have that they noticed the C-section rate decreased by 13%. That's huge. By only using that, yeah, only by using that one position, and that's it. So that was most exciting was that first, first study they did in 2015 by reducing the C-section by 13%. Now, we've had two more recent ones that I want to talk about. Yes, just real please quick. do. We, we had one in um, 2019 by Hickey, and this was in um, the Nursing for Women's Health A1 in June of, 19, of 2019. And the study was effective peanut ball and position changes in the women with an epidural. So it was still just epidural only. This study showed that overall the women with a peanut ball in the group it was very small. It was only 100 people, so 50 in both. But they showed 50% less likely to have a C-section. So um, is knowing, that because they're saying because most likely baby was able to descend and rotate so they didn't have failure to progress, which is the number one reason that first-time parents have an unplanned cesarean? Do we think that's the reason? Or is yes. there, or they give... Oh, that is the reason. Okay, I'm like, or is there, is there more? No, okay. that is the correct reason. <laughs> yes, yes. It was a, that is the correct reason. It seems we pretty straightforward. <laughs> It really was. And, you know, when you, with an epidural, if you're just laying on side to side, that really doesn't open, you know, very well or descend very well or drop. So that's where you go and using that peanut ball, they really came through the pelvis better. Now, I have to tell you one more study. Yes. This was really exciting. That came out in 2019. And it was a, in Joggin, which is the um, Journal of Obstetrics, Gynecology, and Neonatal Nursing in June of 2019. It was a nurse-driven initiative to reduce the C-section rate. So what this hospital did is they came in and said, 
we know you nurses know how to use a peanut ball, but we want to make sure everybody knows it correctly. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that you have the correct information because I know it's all kind of that you've learned, not all together. So what they did is they came in and did a peanut ball in service for all their nurses, did a checkoff list. In fact, we provided them the whole in service package with the checkoff list. And when they did that, they actually in six months saw another reduction of 6% for the C-section rate. So once nurses were taught correctly and they were all knowing everything, how to use them right, it decreased the C-section rate by another 6%. That's so great. So, so when you made sure, yeah, absolutely. This is exciting. So when you went in and worked with them and gave the checklist and were like, okay, here's how to do it right. What were some of the common misuses? Because I can imagine people like right now they're listening, they're on Amazon, they're ordering their peanut ball, but they don't know exactly what to do. You mentioned like put it between the knees, but what were some of the missteps that people, they got it and they're like, now, now what do I do with this? Well, the very first one we found out was the nurses were going in to get a peanut ball, and they picked their favorite color. They didn't look at size. <laughs> they didn't get a size. Okay. <laughs> so like, I always like the pretty blue one. I just used that one. <laughs> or I like the pretty red one. They didn't always look at what size was correct for that patient, for that position. Well, that so was that a question was I was going to ask one. later. So let's, let's go to this now. <laughs> I have it on my list for later, like how does someone figure out their right size? So let's just take a detour to that, and then we can go back to what other areas might be used. Oh, okay. We can we can do that if you want to do that one. Right yeah. Now. Well, because okay, you so mentioned size, size, and then we'll go back. We'll kind okay. of we'll backtrack. Okay. Well, and the, but that was really the major thing. So that was kind of fun. Okay. okay. So first of all, if you're small, like a woman under five foot three, the forty centimeter size is probably the one that you would want. If you're but. And then the 50-centimeter size peanut ball is somebody for a 5'3 to 5'6. It's the most common. And then a 60-centimeter one is for somebody who's really tall for a 5'7. And the 70-centimeter one is the only one you can actually sit on. Okay. But here's the, here's the thing about this. We have to know ankle-to-ratio hip. So some people that are really short really are tall legs. That's me, so yeah. So even though it says... Yeah, so it may not be a 40 centimeter they actually use. It may be that they need to step up one to a 50 centimeter. Mm-hmm. So it's, even though we have kind of a guideline for heights, you still have to do that ankle to that hip to see exactly which size that they need. And if they're on their side, maybe they might use a 50 centimeter peanut ball. But then they sit up and do the semi-fitting lunge, which are sitting up in bed, kind of doing a half tailor sit with their leg over the peanut ball. They may use a 40 centimeter peanut ball smaller size in that position. But if they get on the hands and knees or the fire hydrant pose, they may use a 60 centimeter one to get their leg up on. So you may, and then they are on the floor and they're sitting on the 70 centimeter. You may use each one of those sizes in your labor, depending on which position that you're in. Well, so now so I always the, like oh, to, I'm sorry, keep going. And then I'll ask my question. Okay. Okay. Well, so I always like to make sure before they get their epidural, is that we size those that peanut ball, first of all, on their side to kind of know what the main one is that they need, okay? Because when they're on their side, we want to make sure that ankle is on top of the peanut ball. You don't want it to hang over or to close that inlet. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure it lays right on top of it. So I like to kind of size them if they're going to get an epidural before that. Of course, if they don't, it's fine because they'll get in there and go, oh, yeah, that feels not good. That's too much 
you know, torque, too much pain on that one side because it's too big or that one feels comfortable. So that's the good one to use. So So here's my question. Again, I'm trying to think of the mind of the pregnant person listening and they're like, they're all in. They're like, yeah, peanut ball lowers cesarean rate, decreases labor, both the early stage and the active stage. But we're talking about four or five different sizes and four or five different usage. And they already may have a birth ball. So if the hospital, especially now in the time of COVID, we're not really sharing things, um, how does what would be the best option if someone doesn't have the option to bring in four or five different balls? How do they figure out the one they can bring with them? So what I would do is go back to your height position, okay, and try to kind of go, if you're a small, petite woman, then you probably need the 40 centimeter. My personal opinion is to, is to just bring a 50 in because you can always let out a little air. Yeah. Smart. To make it a little smaller. So if you only bring one size in, do the 50. Now, that might not be tall enough for somebody who's a, who's real tall. If you know you're real tall, just get a 60-centimeter size. But if you had to, you could put some uh, a towel or something on top of that peanut ball for it to a be a little height. bit yeah. larger, yeah. but more height. So the most common one would be that one. But if you know you're really short, probably the 40 centimeter. If you know you're really tall, get a 60. Um, if you're not, if you're kind of in the common, get the, the 50 centimeter one is what I would do. That's so. super helpful. All right. So now I'm going to circle back. So the biggest error that okay. happened was they chose by color instead of size, <laughs> which I totally could see myself of like, if I didn't know, and I was a nurse and I'm like, Oh, look, that's a pretty green one. Let's go for green. Like if I could see myself doing that, so I don't fault them for that. What were, were there other common misuses of it that you, that now was taught and, and was now helping? Or is that the main yes, one? The, the, well, that was the first main one was glaring. But the second one was they only thought of the one position, just putting her on her side with a peanut ball between her legs. They didn't realize that you had to think about where is the baby in the pelvis, mm. which position do you put her in, and how do you put her you know, feet and her knees for internal external rotation. So they learned that, and I think that also helped to decrease the C-section rate by knowing, and that there wasn't just the one position. I mean, there's leaning forward, you know, there's hands and knees, a fire hydrant pose. Then there's the tuck pose. That was one that they just were like, oh my gosh, we can push with a peanut ball? Like a lot of nurses didn't realize that. And the best position for pushing with a peanut ball is what I call the tuck position. And Describe that is where that. you actually, so you put that, uh, the peanut ball on her side, mm-hmm. and now you're going to bring your bottom knee up to your chest as far as you can, and of course your your top knee will come up there too. So you hold the peanut ball and hug it. You just give it a big old bear hug, and you bring it all the way up to your chest. So it's like and that's why we call it kind of the tuck or hugging position. What that does is really open up the, that outlet, the outlet, yeah, and allow yeah really allows more room. And so you're on your side. And you can actually push with the peanut ball better that way. It makes them stay in a true sideline position. And when you're pushing, that gives lots of room for that baby to come down and that perineum to be seen. And as soon as that baby starts to cry, you just kind of roll that peanut ball out and then deliver the baby. And it's just wonderful because it keeps that 
your true sideline position and keeps that outlet really open yeah. during the pushing. The phase. knee is slightly dipped down so you get that internal rotation. The sit bones as wide as possible. The sacrum can have space to flare back. And then the birthing person can use their upper body and like really hug that ball as they push down because we know most people aren't kind of flaccid in the upper body. They, they use their strength. They use their core. This is exciting. Oh, I'm so, I'm, I love talking about this stuff. It's just, it can just help people feel empowered to know they have choices. They don't just have to lay on their back and turn their toes out, which always baffles my mind. Cause as we've just been saying, we know we get the most space at the outlet, kind of the doorway out if the knees are internally rotated. And yet the odd thing is the most common birthing position is people on their back squatting with their toes turned out. So they're actually decreasing the space. And so then they get, you know, baby didn't fit. So now we're finding these options that we can just help people have uh, more functional births. This is so exciting. You can tell I'm a big geek about these things. Well, and now you know why I get so excited about talking about peanut balls. I do. I get it. I totally get it. So are there any, so, okay. So we talked about being on the side. We talked about the knee on it, kind of an all four position. Is there any incorrect way that someone can be using it in the wrong way? I guess, again, it depends on where the baby is. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm answering my own question, but is there any way you're like, no, that's really not going to help. Well, the, the other thing mostly is the size. If you had two small of a size of a peanut ball, it's not going to help to open it up at all. So if you had incorrect size on a patient Mm -hmm. using the peanut ball, that's, you know, if the ankle hangs over, it's going to close everything up. And that's where we see the big glaring things is that they haven't got the correct size that they're using. That makes sense. Are there any reasons someone may be advised not to use a peanut ball? There are a few contraindications. Um, for the peanut ball. So um, if you've had a previous hip or pelvis injury or a broken hip or pro- broken pelvis, you would not use a peanut ball. If your pubic bone symptoms had this dissection, that would not be good to use a peanut ball. Any hip or ankle problems uh, would be another couple of reasons not to use the peanut ball. And you don't want to leave them in the same position for a very long extended time, especially if they have an epidural. Um, you know, you could really do some just like we shouldn't use let anybody with an upper stay in one position the whole time. So it's like 20 minutes each side? Uh, yeah, 30. I mean, you 30, can leave okay. them up to an hour. Let me okay. just say, like, once you get the epidural and you want to lay them down and they want to rest and turn up the lights for an hour, that's fine. I just wouldn't go past an hour, you know, on, on either side. I like to do 20, 30 minutes on one side and then turn to the other side for 20, 30 minutes so that you can get that baby to kind of come through there. But at the beginning, if you just need to let them rest or whatever, that's fine too. All right. So nothing if they had, you said pubic symphysis, I could imagine that really spreading the legs with that ball would not feel so great. Um, And then any sort of like more in the hip, like in the acetabulum, like, like labral tears or anything in the hips, because it's, it's a lot of rotation. Is that the main thing? Correct. Okay. Okay. That's good for people to know. Ankle problems. 
Okay. Yeah, any ankle problems or broken hips or broken pelvises, anything like that. Yeah. So yeah. then another question I have. So again, I'm loving this as a tool because it's a very easy tool to use. It seems again, it's we're not dealing with changing the body chemistry in any way. It's it's not um, invasive. It's pretty straightforward. But what if a care provider or hospital is not accustomed to the birthing person using that? How is it best that the idea is introduced? Because I can imagine if someone's like, what? They're used to, I feel like birth balls have kind of become mainstream, but then they come in, someone comes in with this peanut ball and it's not really received. How, how does someone, I guess, introduce the idea of it to the hospital or have you heard of any hospital or staff being like, no, we're not going to do this? Well, we still have hospitals and birthing centers that still do not have peanut balls or have never heard of it. It's hard for me to believe that, but every once in a while we'll get somebody who's like, oh, yeah, we don't have them, so we're going to get them. Somebody said we should have them. I'm like, okay. Well, when I was a doula, they, and granted, it's been a while since I've done a birth, but they were not used, even birth balls were not available. Like, people brought their own. They didn't, the hospital didn't provide them. Yeah, during COVID right now, uh, I will say it's kind of a little different because we're not, they're not really using them between mm-hmm. patients. Usually you have to bring your own in if you're going to yeah. use it. But one of the things that if it's a hospital or birthing center or midwife for anybody who really never used a peanut ball is as expected mom, one of the things I would do is get um, one, maybe one of the peanut ball charts oh. that has the different pictures and that can show them. Because one of the charts has a picture of just, a woman on her side with pillows or just her leg up and strip. And then the next picture right beside it has a peanut ball picture when they're on their side. And it shows how much wider that is. If you um, can bring your peanut ball with you, this is like the thing that really helps so much. If you get, you get the nurse to lay down on that couch there that's in the birthing room, put the peanut ball between her legs on her side and then do the tuck position it is a light bulb moment for anybody. If you can just get them to actually practice and do that, they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to use this on all my patients. Because when they physically feel how much wider that is, yeah. that really does help. And then we have a free informational packet that's for nurses and doulas and midwives that um, you can actually get and take that in with you to the hospital and show them. And it's free. So um, sometimes that kind of helps because it has some of the – data, you know, the research on it, and nurses are really into that, and um, it shows that. So if they haven't really heard about it or read anything about it, it shows pictures, and shows the two different things. And I it. believe so I you sent really that helpful. to me. I have something, evidence-based research handout free. Is that the... Yes. Perfect. Yes. Then I'll make sure that's in our show notes. All right, listener listener pals, make sure you head to the show notes that you can grab that. I'm going to also put in the show notes, you sent me this wonderful 12-minute YouTube video of the different of I think it was seven different positions of using and this and also the different sizes of the peanut balls so people can see because I was surprised how big the the big one was I'm like whoa that's the size of like a nine year old I mean it's big <laughs> wonderful yes and, and and actually if they go to our website we have lots of different free videos on there. Um, so if, and in the show notes, if you can also put in, I'll make sure that you get this. But there's a free uh, childbirth positions packet that shows different other positions, not just peanut ball positions they can have for free. Oh, perfect. So there's a free yes. peanut ball packet, and there's a free childbirth positions packet, and then there's free videos and the research and stuff that we have on there for your listeners. 
Oh, I love resources. <laughs> I love digging in. Before we take our next break, is there anything else about the peanut ball that I haven't asked that you're like, people need to know this, or do you think we covered it all? Uh, the one thing they really need to know is make sure you put a cover on the peanut ball. Ah, okay. Don't don't use it without a cover. So we have there's peanut ball covers you can use, or if you're in the hospital, a lot of them will put a plastic trash sack over okay. it, and then a and then actually, if you put a patient gown because it ties it to the peanut ball, that works better than a sheet. Yeah. And then put your blue pad or green pad on top of it, because really you don't want to use that peanut ball without some kind of cover, uh, because we're placing it between your legs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, and you mentioned the gown. <laughs> I used to tie a gown around the the um, birth balls. That's such a good point. All right, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, now you've done over two thousand births. You've been in this field with working with new and expecting parents for over 50 years. So I'm going to ask you to pick one (laughs) tip or piece of advice from your vast knowledge and that you'd like to offer to new expectant parents. We'll be right back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so what percolated to the top of your mind out of all of your information, all of your experience? Okay, this is what I want to say. Listen to your body. You're in control and you can do this. And you need to know that there's lots of different positions that you can use during labor. So please make sure that you're changing positions every 30 minutes to an hour. Don't stay in the same position. Get up and dance. Do some yoga positions. Do some other childbirth positions. Use a peanut ball. Use a birth ball. But listen to your body. And um, this will allow you to be really an active uh, participant in your birth experience, and your body's going to tell you what position you should try. That's so, and because when I love that you said that, it's also like your body and baby are having, this is how I think of it, like a conversation during labor. And if we really let our bodies lead, it's because the baby's saying, I need you to move this way so I can rotate this way. I need you to move this way so I can descend and rotate this way. It's like this little, it's like a little team conversation. (laughs) At least that's what, that's how my mind interprets that. Oh, this has been so great. Where can people find your work? Okay, if you'll go to premierbirthtools.com, uh, we have all those free resources for you and all those videos. Even if you're having a home birth, we have a video on peanut balls and home birth. So that's even in there. Um, and I know you're going to put a lot of links in your podcast. I am. Here and then for your listeners. And then also we have a Facebook page if you want to follow us, um, Premier Birth Tools. That has a lot of things on uh, Facebook. I do have a Facebook page called the Peanut Ball Lady. So that's there too. But the Premier Birth Tools is the one that has all the information. When you go there, we have, like I said, lots of videos, lots of free resources. We have peanut balls. We have rebozos. We have a set of 14 charts that has 430 pictures and 225 different positions to use the birthing bed. So... 
That's really awesome. That is really awesome. So if one position doesn't work, try another and then try another and try another and listen to your body, listen to your baby and trust your body and trust your baby. Wow. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. Well, I just really appreciate you asking me to be here today (laughs) and to talk about peanut balls, which are my passion. Thank you so much. And new mom. You can do this. I'm so proud of you for listening. Thanks, Eric. Be well. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.